Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What do you guys suggest? Well, I, I, I kind of uh, went through the stuff that you sent um, Friday, so... Um, you know, if you, if you went into something else, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to follow you. No, 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 no. I mean, the lesson from the from lesson three, we didn't finish uh-huh. that lesson, Chief. So, uh, I'm debating on whether or not. Well, yeah, let's go ahead and finish lesson three, and then move on into lesson four. How about that? Okay. 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 Oh. Okay, and so our foundational scriptures are Romans, the 12th chapter, and the second verse. And we all should know that by now, and that, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But before we get moving, we're going to ask uh, somebody to pray. Deacon Mitchell, will you open us up in prayer? Deacon Mitchell, on star six, unmute your phone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Dear God, in the name of Jesus. God, we thank you, Lord, for another day, God. Oh, God, we thank you for all that you allowed us to accomplish on this day. And God, we thank you, Lord, for this Bible class power, God. We ask you to continue to Bless and anoint our apostle, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And, God, we thank you for everyone that's drawing on the line tonight, Lord. God, we ask you to open up our heart and mind that we can understand the lesson that's being taught. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Okay, so, you know, our foundational scriptures and the Romans 12 and 2, that should be um, one of our memory verses in Sunday, uh, in Sunday morning service. Uh, Romans 12 and 2. Let's make that our um, uh, memory verse for Sunday morning worship for uh, ne- for the next Sunday at least, okay? All right, mm-hmm. Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and what is the acceptable and perfect will of God. And then Proverbs 4 and 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And so from these portions of Scripture, we are focusing now on, or these particular lessons on changing convictions and beliefs, and that's a prerequisite to transforming behavior. And we went on into uh, God asking us to renew our thought system, and um, then we went on into, uh, then we stopped right there. So. Uh, we stop with God is asking us to be, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so uh, our next uh, focus is distorted vision. Distorted vision. Let's read, somebody read Mark, the eighth chapter, 
22nd through the 25th verse. Mark eight twenty two. And he came into Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man to him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand, and led him out of the town. And when he had spit in his on his eyes, and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hand again, again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. Okay, so I... Is that the 822 through 25? Yes, ma'am. Here we have a blind man. And you can imagine what his world is like because he can only understand uh, the world and interpret the world through what he sees. And that's the way it is with us spiritually. We can only interpret the world through uh, what we see and how we see. And so he, he is completely and totally blind. And uh, the scripture says that he goes on uh, and he, somebody brings him to Jesus and Jesus touches him. And what I like about this scripture is that uh, sometimes God will touch us, but we're not, we don't really get a full vision. We don't get a full uh, deliverance, if you will. We don't, we don't see clearly. And so Jesus asks him, how do you see? And so that happens with a lot of us. A lot of us come to Christ and uh, we believe that we are, uh, because we have been acquainted and associated with God, that we are seeing uh, clearly because we've been blind for so long. But uh, this man says, I see men as trees. And so he has a distorted vision a distorted view of life. And so we do. We can have a distorted view of life. We can think that we understand life and we have a, a great awareness, but a lot of times our, our view is distorted and we see men walking as trees. And so um, let's go on to Matthew, the ninth chapter and the 17th verse. How, how does that read? Somebody read that. Matthew nine seventeen. Uh-huh. Neither do men neither do men put on put new new wine in the old bottles, else the bottles break, and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine in new bottles, and both are preserved. Okay, so this I you know you guys are gonna get sick of listening to this, but I, I preached this this past Sunday that uh, according to uh, the, the verse prior to this, this man had distorted vision. And so uh, this scripture says that you cannot take new wine 
Uh, and I don't know, did you read wine skin or bottle? Bottles break. Else these bottles okay. break. Yeah, but there's an older version. This is a newer version, and I don't know why they they changed the um, the text from wine skins to bottles. The older version reads, and you cannot put new wine into uh, wine skins, into old wine skins, because what Jesus was really saying is that you can't take an old mind, a new mindset and place it into an old mindset. You can't take new uh, ideas and place them into an old idea. Because what happens with wine is that wine, when you make wine, it ferments. It continues to ferment. And when you put it in a new wine skin, the new wine skin is actually a, a goat skin, and it's pliable, and it's able to stretch and, and, and move with the wine as the wine is fermenting. But if you put new wine that is still fermenting into an older wine skin, that older wine skin has already stretched, already uh, uh, gone beyond its elasticity, and perhaps has even gotten brittle and, and, and old. And so if you put the new wine into the old wine skin, uh, the, 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 new, the old wine skin cannot, it, it, the capacity, it, it cannot take the capacity of the fermentation of the new wine, and so then it breaks. And so this is what Christ is trying to say to us, that we need a new way of being, a new way of thinking all together. Uh, you can't just bring Christ and and. And the scripture before that, the text before that says uh, you can't take an old cloth, and a new cloth, and put it onto an old cloth. Because what, if anybody uh, is familiar with sewing, that when you get a new piece of fabric, it is new, but when you wash, wash it, it shrinks. So if you put a new piece of fabric onto an older fabric that has already been washed and already shrank to its size, that when you put this new piece of cloth on this old uh, cloth, then when it shrinks, it tears away from the cloth and the cloth is, is, is destroyed. And so he's saying that you have got to put new things into new, uh, in a new capacity to hold it. You can't take Christ and patch him to your way of being, to your, as I was saying on Sunday, to your tattered life. Jesus did not come to patch up your tattered life. He came to give you a new life, a totally new life. And so uh, here, uh, the man with the vision, he had distorted vision, and Christ is saying to him, I need to touch you again because you are still thinking out of an old paradigm. You're still thinking and seeing things from an old, distorted way of viewing. And so God wants to make us completely new. He wants to make us completely new. And so uh, as we were uh, um, starting this lesson, lesson three on last week, it says, changing convictions and beliefs 
is a prerequisite for transforming behavior. So you cannot transform your behavior just by patching up your behavior or attaching Jesus Christ to your behavior. You have to have a new, you have to be born again, all right, for the word of God to be applicable to your life. As we were studying the word of God, um, when we first began this lesson about positive thinking, I I wanted to backtrack because I didn't want us to think uh, like the children of Babel when we realized how great and wonderful we are and that we were created in the image and the likeness of God you know, that uh, what we were able to accomplish. But what happened was they wanted to build a tower to heaven without acknowledging the creator. And so uh, this is where uh, I wanted to keep us from moving into, into positive thinking that we can just think whenever we want to think and then, um, you know, and, and without uh, acknowledging or recognizing the Creator, as we quoted on Sunday in Second Corinthians, I think it was the fifth chapter and about the seventeenth verse, and it says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And so this is the this is the creation that the positive thinking that you can speak to mountains, the new creature can speak to mountains and say, be thou removed and cast into yonder sea, and they can have whatsoever they say. The new creature can expect the impossible to become possible uh, because we're not just taking uh, Jesus Christ and adding him to our lifestyle and appending him to what we think it ought to be and how it ought to be and so forth and so on. And so um, uh, uh, we're going to move on to where it says perception is reality. And so in this, in this um, uh, uh, scripture where, where the gentleman was blind, this particular verse comes from the Talmud, and it says we see things as we are. And so if we are looking uh, from a very dark place, if we are dark, then everything that we view is dark. Everything that comes into our periphery is, 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 is coming from this dark place. And so uh, Proverbs, the 23rd chapter and the 7th verse, somebody read that? That's one of our foundational scriptures, Proverbs 23 and 7. I'm trying to hurry through this so we can get to our next lesson. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but this heart is not with thee. Okay, so so this particular text says that, this says we see things as we are, and that particular text says that, that this particular man is not not presenting exactly what he is, so, but so as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And so he's saying, if you study that scripture, he's saying that he's presenting you something to eat, but he's not really presenting it something for you for you to enjoy. It's for his benefit. Okay, so if he's a thief, 
then that's just what he is, and he's operating from that paradigm. If he's uh, trying to swindle you, uh, he's operating from that paradigm. And so we're going to move on to our next lesson. Nonetheless, somebody wants to comment. Anybody have a comment on this particular lesson? Okay, we're going to move on to lesson four. So it has been said that we have about 60,000 thoughts per day. And so I'm thinking that that whatever my modus operandi, whatever my heart is, that's where those thoughts are coming from. And so we all have self-talk. And somebody said it's probably impossible for us to have 60,000 thoughts per day. But you know what? As I am talking to you, I'm reading from the paper. I hear the heater that's going on down beside me. I can... Uh, See the car, I hear the car that's going behind me on the street. Uh, I'm, I'm processing a lot of information at one time. So we have a lot of things going on in our minds, and we have a lot of self-talk. We say things to ourselves over and over and over and over again. Every day, if we're not careful, we can rehearse the same old 60,000 thoughts every day and say, uh, as my husband uh, used to say, he's a computer programmer, and he says that a program can get in a loop and run the same loop, you know, until that loop is broken. And so we can have the same 60,000 thoughts uh, that's, that's coming from our subconscious that uh, motivates our life, that sets our life up every day with the same self-talk. Proverbs, somebody read Proverbs, the 12th chapter and the 5th verse. The thoughts of the righteousness, the righteous are right, but the counsels of the wicked are deceit. Okay, so what are you, what are you thinking about? What do you think about that? If I'm, if I can be persuaded by others uh, um, that are not righteous, uh, I can be persuaded, uh, and and it may be deceitful. Let's say if I'm if I'm thinking in the right way, I can still be persuaded by a wicked person in deceit. Um, I have to have my mind pure. Um, um, uh, I don't know, just just to be righteous. I have to be thinking right. Yeah, and, and it goes back to uh, your whole person being born of God, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, old things have passed away, and all things have become new. So my, now my thought process is stemming from a righteous perspective. So anything that I do, uh, it may be misinterpreted as being mean or, or evil or cruel, but if it's, it's stemming from a righteous perspective, then my thoughts are righteous. 
But the thoughts of the wicked, what does it say about the thoughts of the wicked? The counsels of the wicked are deceit. Are deceitful. So because that's coming from a deceitful paradigm. It's coming from an unrighteous paradigm. Okay, let's move on to Proverbs 15 and 26. Thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to the Lord, but the words of the pure are pleasant words. Okay, so you want to comment on that? Um, I guess it's just saying that that the, the way that a wicked person thinks is is against God. Um. But but the um but the the pure words are, are good uh, sounds good to him are pleasant to him it's, um a pure, uh, because a pure uh a pure person have pure thoughts and his words are pleasant but um a wicked person's their thoughts are wicked and it goes against Everything it goes against God. All right, absolutely. So let's read James. Let's read the next verse. Somebody have the lesson sheet. Let's read the next verse. Is that James or Proverbs? James. Let's read James. Um, James eleven. James 3, verse 11. So if a fountain sent forth at the same place sweet water and bitter, can the fig tree, my brother, bear olive berries, neither a vine uh, figs? So can no fountain uh, both yield salt, water, and fresh. Okay, what is that, James? What is that? 11, 12. James what? Now, James what? James 3, 11, and 12. James 3, 11, and 12. I'm sorry. I'm going back and forth, and I can't um, seem to um, keep up. <laughs> so basically, it's saying that whatever the, 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 the tree is, that's what it brings forth, okay? Whatever. Can, can a fake tree bring? Let me find it, Lord. James 2, James 3, 11 and 12. Okay, so, so does, can a fountain bring forth sweet water and bitter? It either brings forth one or the other. It cannot bring forth both, okay? And so basically what I'm trying to say is out of whoever you are, that's where your thoughts are going to originate from. And so this is the self-talk, the 60,000 thoughts that we have every day. This self-talk originates from whoever we are. And so then it says, can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs, 
so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. And so basically, your self-talk comes out of who you are, and you are, you are uh, uh, how do you say, you are reinforcing every day whoever you are, whatever you are, you are reinforcing that thought pattern, that thought system every day about who you are. And that's why the scripture says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why it is so important for us to continue to take responsibility for renewing our mind. Uh, you know the, the old saying that a mind is a terrible thing to waste. And so they were on to something when they were uh, uh, saying that because you can let a weed grow up in your mind and just any kind of thought process, but you need to take responsibility for what you are saying to yourself every day. The righteous speaks righteousness, and the wicked, they their thoughts come from the, the wicked paradigm from whom they are. And so James is, is, is reiterating that you cannot, either you are sweet and you bring forth sweet water, or either you are bitter and you bring forth bitter water, okay? So, um, uh, uh, so it's important for you to get a hold of your self-talk. It's important for you to begin to understand what you are saying to yourself on a continual basis, what you are meditating on on a continual basis. And that's not easy to do, you know, because we have so many thoughts and we're not really paying attention to what, what we're saying and what we're doing and what we're meditating on. And so I'm going to pause right here for a moment. But before I do that, I want to say the society reinforces our thought systems, okay? And these thought systems, are, these are based on fear and lack and fear of pain and fear of loss. And we continue in these same thoughts every day. We continue in uh, what society says to us, that especially we as a people, that we are nothing, we're nobody, um, you know, Rosa was sharing with me about uh, two men in a cave, and uh, maybe you can share it, uh, Kevin, about the two men in the cave, and their view is nothing but what's in that cave. It's it it, it kind of um, it alludes to a lot of things that you're saying. Is that if if I'm in this cave and I can see the shadows of what's going on outside. My perception of what's going on out there is what I believe is actually what's happening out there. You know, I can see men moving around uh, outside the cave, but I can't really see them. So I may think those those men are dancing when, it, in fact, they may be fighting. Or I may see a light, and I may, you know, it may be a fire, and I, it may be something else. So my perception of what's going on outside the outside of that cave is all based on my own inner thoughts. Uh, on the contrary side of that, that person on the outside of the cave is looking in at me saying, how can that person in that cave possibly know possibly know what um, is actually going on because he's, he's so blinded? I mean, he's, he's in a cave. He can't see. So, there's, you know, there's two sides to it, but 
it, it, it brings a lot of thought to it. Yeah, and that, that's the point I'm trying to make, that as long as we have the same 60,000 thoughts every day, we are seeing through a distorted vision, okay? But, and we see, see people on the outside moving about and we have a perception based on these same 60,000 thoughts that we keep reinforcing and reinforcing our behavior and cave mentality, okay? But if we continue to change our mindsets and click to the opening of the cave to even look out, okay, and to begin to change our thought process and to take responsibility for our state of being, no, we're not going to be able to move about like those who are in the light already. But as we become accustomed to the light and as our awareness, as we begin to awaken, then we can see better and then we can do better. Does that make sense? Amen. Yes. Okay. All right. So, um, so, 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 my question now is: Can you identify some of your self-talk? And can you identify? Take a moment now and identify some of your self-talk. A perception? You, you kind of a, a perception? You mean? Well, what you're speaking to yourself on a daily basis. Some of us, our self-talk is, is, is based on limitations. Like, for example, if we're going for a job, some of our self-talk is based on uh, I don't have enough skill or, or I'm the wrong color or, uh, you, you know, those kinds of things we speak mm. to ourselves. Okay, and so it's difficult to identify some of your self-talk, but I'm going to tell you what happens. Sometimes people who rub against us triggers our self-talk. Like, for example, um, somebody who has, we've gotten into this little scrape with, and all of a sudden I'm angry with you because you have tapped into a place of my deficiency. You have not said I was ugly, but you have made me feel like I was ugly. And so that helps me, that locates some of my deficiency, some of my self-talk. That I must say to myself when I look in the mirror, you know, you're not good-looking, you're not well-pleasing, you're not, you don't look as good as other people. If only... I was smaller, if only I weighed uh, 120 pounds. You know, all of that kind of self-talk. And this self-talk, we have 60,000 thoughts a day. And so we need to begin to renew our minds with the word of God to say that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So that can become a part of our self-talk. Now, if we... If that was a part of our routine self-talk, you know, some people think they are wonderful, and that's because they tell that that's a part of their self-talk. They think that they are wonderful. And so if we wake up in the morning with the self-talk that I'm made in the image and the likeness of God, 
that I am favored by God, then our whole um, our whole paradigm will shift, and we'll start walking in a different way. We'll go into a job interview with more confidence, and we will exude more confidence. You know, so the scripture says, "So a man thinketh in his heart, so is he." So if I'm think if my self talk on a daily basis, day in, week in, month in, year in, year out, is that I'm ugly, I'm fat, I'm not good enough, then when I go to try to get a job or whatever, then this is going to be my outcome because my self-talk is speaking to me and this is what I'm presenting. Okay? So, so, so I'm asking you now, can you identify some of your self-talk? I think in my case, it's, it's uh, a willing to trust. I, I have a very, very, very difficult time. Trust, and I think, like you were saying, it, our, our society has a lot to do with that. But um, be, I think with a new mind, I, I'll, I will be able to trust people more than I actually do. Because I, I, when I go out, if I'm in a, uh, uh, I, I might have said this to somebody else, and I will go to a car place to get my car fixed, and I ask for a quote, and the guy says he can't quote me a price for the car, I automatically, something in my head says, now I can't trust him. When, when, when it did. But it may be the fact that he really can't quote me because he don't know what's wrong. But because I, because I, I have a problem with trust, I automatically think that he's, got, he's up to something. Yeah. And so you're going to have to find the word of God that speaks to trusting, all right, yeah. that, speak, that speaks to that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes exactly. me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me to still waters. And so that will help you if you start recording the word of God on your brain. The Lord is my shepherd. I should, you know, and that, that kind of reinforcement. And so that's why it's so important that um, we continue in the word of God. That's, the, that's why it's so important that we study the word of God because the word of God transforms our behavior. It transforms our thinking. It transforms the way we move and, and have our being. The word of God does that. And so we have a responsibility to harness these 60,000 thoughts per day. So, so I'm thinking of, um, I don't know how to say it, uh, but as, as old thoughts go out, I'm putting in new thoughts. You follow what I'm saying? I'm rehearsing the word of God. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God loves me. If God be for me, who can be against me? Uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, these are words of empowerment. These are words that encourage and, and changes your mindset. And these are words that defeat uh, negative image and negative self-talk. And um, I was listening to, um, and this is kind of out of the way, but I was listening to um, a, a, a tape this morning not a tape, an audible recording, and uh, the woman uh, got up to the pulpit and she was just talking, and then all of a sudden she started to weep. 
And she just started to weep, and the compassion of God came upon her. And she said, somebody in here, God is saying, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And she was just so compassionate with that. And her heart, it was a heartfelt moment. But if she had refused to yield to the moving of God, to the spirit of God, uh, she said that later on, uh, as she continued to say, God said, don't do it. Don't do it. And a girl came running down to the altar, and she said that she had written her suicide note and that she was so thankful that this woman was moved by the Spirit of God to change her mind, you know, mm-hmm. just to change her mind. And so we, we, we have to not only encourage ourselves, but we need to speak encouraging words to others so that their minds can be changed and so that we can have a new way of thinking. And again, we can't put new wine or new ideas into old mindsets. And so as we begin this journey, and a lot of us have already been on the journey for a while, and, but I'm saying to you that some of us, all of us, probably need to go in deep and start meditating and uprooting things that uh, drive our life, these 60,000 thoughts that drive our life, our lives. And so, you know, I was in prayer and meditation uh, it was a couple of years ago, and I had no idea, but I was just in prayer and in meditation, and I was learning how to meditate. And uh, as I was meditating, all of a something, all of a sudden, something surfaced in my heart that made me aware that I had a feeling of insignificance, and it made me remember and recall how I was treated as a young child that I really did not have any significance. And so the Spirit of God was blessing me to understand that I was significant. But see, I had no idea that this was a part of my makeup. I had no idea that I was operating from the paradigm of insignificance. And so a lot of us, we need to stop and take time to get with the Lord so the Lord can break up some of this stuff that's in our subconscious that we have, uh, uh, have planted in our hearts about who we are and what we are and what life has taught us that we are. So that those things, some of those things are so ingrained in us that we don't even realize how deep-rooted it is. And so it takes the spirit of God for it, to, first of all, to be brought to our awareness, and then we can say, Lord, please forgive me for not taking your word above my own idea of myself. And so th- that is difficult. It is difficult to take the word of God that we are fearfully and wonderfully made over our own idea of ourselves. But if you stay before the Lord and stay in prayer and present your heart before God, God will transform you and create in you a new heart and a new spirit, and you can, and you can rise up in joy and rejoicing. And the things that used to uh, disturb you 
where somebody would 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 um, trigger you and make you feel like where a conversation before you would make you feel ugly and insignificant. That same conversation has a different connotation altogether. Now you can communicate with this person because they're not touching a deep-rooted deficiency in you. Now you can hear what they're saying because you're not speaking and responding out of hurt and insignificance and deficiency. So these are the behaviors that we have got to ask God to remove. These are the places, the wounded places, that we need to ask God to heal. Because we can't put new wine into these broken, tattered vessels. These vessels need to be healed, and they need to be restored back to the place that God originally designed us to be. And so what we're trying to do is to add God to our brokenness when God wants to heal us of our brokenness. And so as we're moving forward, I want to say um, nobody gave me, well, I think you did, uh, 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 a thought, some of their, their, their self-talk. But think about that over the week. What are, you, what are you talking, saying to yourself? Are you being um, condemned every day by a particular behavior that you have? Are you reinforcing that behavior or the condemnation of that behavior every day versus saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God loves me. He loves me just like I am. And that I can that that he can he can make me what he desires desires me to be. Okay? And so let's start examining some of our self-talk. What are some of these sixty thousand thoughts that we're doing, we're saying every day? Are we saying like some of us with spouses, we're getting up saying, Oh my God, I live with him. Oh, we call and sometimes we call this is a joke for some of the men that's on the line. Sometimes we call <laughs> Sometimes we call our husbands him, okay, him, you know, it's him, okay. No, we need to change it. He is my husband. He is what God has given me. He is a blessing in my life. He is my covering. And I thank God for the strength of him in my life. I thank God for the fortitude of him in my life. I thank God for the – so we have to examine these thoughts that we're having every day that's creating negative lifestyles for us. So we're going back to our first lesson about positive thinking. So a man thinks, so is he. So if you begin to think positive and you are, your, your thoughts are righteous, then you're going to create a positive lifestyle. All right? So uh, uh, we're going to start taking responsibility for transforming our behavior and so let's move on to, and I'm out of time again. Lord, have mercy. Oh. Let's, let's read Philippians, the second chapter, and the 12th verse. Somebody read Philippians, the second chapter, and the 12th verse. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trust. 
So here he's saying, you need to take responsibility for your salvation, okay? You need to take responsibility for transforming your behavior. The scripture says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. That means take precaution with, with what you're doing, with what you're, what you're thinking about, how you're meditating, how you're handling the word of God, how you're handling your life now that it has become a living sacrifice for the Lord. Take responsibility for transforming your behavior. It's not all God's responsibility. Now, God, has done, God is going to do what we cannot do. He's going to go into our subconscious and break up that stuff. And if we need to become aware of it, he'll bring it to our awareness like he did the man with the distorted vision, the man who was blind. And when he, uh, God touched him, he saw. But he had a distorted vision. If God needs to bring to your awareness that your vision is distorted, then he will do that. But you need to take some responsibility for transforming your behavior. All right. Does anybody have anybody to, anything to add to this tonight? Okay. Beloved. Well, we thank God for all that came on the line tonight. Um, who is 804-447? Eight oh four four four. I don't know. That might be my house number. <laughs> okay, is that you? All right. I see it every week. I don't. I don't recognize the number. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, Deacon Fitz. Then would you close us out in prayer tonight? And we will see you guys next Tuesday at the same appointed time. Amen. Father God, we thank you for Bible study once again, Heavenly Father. Thank you, dear God, for all those that are on the line, dear God. Thank you, dear God, that they are picking up the phone and dialing in every Tuesday evening, dear God, to study your word, Heavenly Father. Dear God, that lets us know, dear God, that they have an interest and a thirst and desire to have a close relationship with your son, Jesus Christ, and to know you, Almighty God, in the name of Jesus. And, dear God, as always, I pray that you continue to anoint Apostle Corona Burrow, dear God, that she continue to give us your word, dear God, that we continue to grow in the faith, dear God, in the name of Jesus. And we depart tonight, dear God, I pray that you'll be with each and every one of us the rest of the week and that we'll continue to study on this lesson. And I'll be ever so careful to give your name the glory, the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, grace and peace. Grace and peace. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.